Welcome to the Gambling Chalk Talk Podcast, where we major in the wager. Podcast episode number 281, the Art Monk episode, and I give AK-47 a call. We recap the Major League Baseball season, or more likely the Red Sox season. Let's let's be honest, we're, we're Red Sox fans, and that's what we wanted to talk about. And uh, then we break down the NFL Thursday night matchup in the Bay between the Raiders and the 49ers. Then I give you my best bets and leans for college football week 10 and my national TV games for NBA uh, are picked as well. Remember, you can contact me with any comments and questions at jeffreyblanger8 at gmail.com or hit me up at Twitter at Coach Belanger. Don't forget my affiliate, MyBookieAG. Use the promo code DARTH at checkout. You're running out of time. When Halloween ends, the 100% sign-up bonus ends. Put in $100, you get 100 bucks free play money. Take advantage of it while you can. Use the promo code DARTH at checkout. Don't forget, the website, jeffreyblander.com, has our NBA picks. No more baseball picks. That's over. It has college football picks. It has NFL picks. Get those for absolutely free. Click on those Amazon banner ads. Buy yourself something nice on Amazon. A little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. And don't forget, I'm an author. The L.E.R. Mini Series, Cold Blood Red, Fourth and Dead, Squeeze Play. You can get them directly from the publisher, thewordverve.com. Or if you're Amazon Prime or Kindle Select user, you can download it to your favorite electronic reading device for absolutely free. Let's get right to it. Podcast number 281, the Art Monk episode. Okay, AK-47, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Good evening, Jeffrey. Yes, it has been. Been a while. I'm glad to be back. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, we had to wrap up baseball season. You know, baseball's our thing. Wonderful baseball season. So happy it ended this way. And it's a wonderful baseball season when our football teams are playing the way they are. I'm already bypassing football, and I'm looking to uh, Danny Hurley and the UConn men basketball. There you go. I think they're actually going to be pretty good this year. I like what I see coming out of UConn, the, the things he says and stuff. I think it's going to be a good year he's for him. Yeah, he's definitely saying a lot of the right things right now. Yep. Uh, this is Podcast 281, if you did not know. This is the Art Monk episode. Uh, is this one of your favorite receivers from back in the 80s, early 90s? No way. Was he part of the... Uh when they all got together in a circle and they would all do like that high five and they did that right on the star. I believe he, I believe he was because he's from 1980 to 1993 with the Washington Redskins. That's, uh, that's he was in the middle of that. That's right in the fun bunch era. He won. He's a three time Super Bowl champion. Well, good for him. Yeah. And apparently he's is actually he, a good guy off the field too. So, yeah, well, is he, I think he killed like five people, is, didn't he? Oh no! Those are those are cowboys. He killed five cowboys running routes. Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh man! Oh, let's get to happier oh, subjects Sox, huh? instead of cowboys and giants. We get, let's talk Red Sox. I got some. Yeah, e- go Red. I got some emails from people. All right, this is from Fluff from New Hampshire. Does Price opt out? Do the Sox want him? Who takes him? What are your thoughts on that, AK? We don't even get to enjoy the playoffs. We're already getting emails about is Price staying or not. I, I Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You'll know more on this. If Price wants in, do the Red Sox have to take him, or do they both have an option? Um, it is a player option. He, 
the Red Sox have to take him if um, he wants to come back at thirty-one million. Then of course he's going to want to come back. No one in no one in their right mind is going to pay him thirty-one million. Chris Sale just optioned for fifteen million, and Chris Sale's twice the pitcher he is. Right. Well, this is this is the funny thing though with his contract. He's thirty-one million in two thousand nineteen. That is. 23, almost 23% of the Red Sox payroll, by the way. That's stupid. Yep. He only has two more years. I believe the last year is a player option. So I think it's $31 million this year. I'm trying to look it up on Spot Track. Um, he is 2019, $31 million. 2020. 32, 2021, 32. Oh, man. He's got four years left. 2022, 32 million. And it's not until 2023 he's a free agent again. I thought maybe he only had three years left and he'd sign like a five-year deal with the Angels because they spend money stupidly. And maybe get five years out of them and maybe it wouldn't be 32 million a year, but it might be more over the length of the contract, so he might do it. But he's got three days to decide. He's got to decide within the next three days whether he's ops in or ops out. We do not need him. Do not need him at that much, at that price. Hey. And not only that, I said this in the summer. Best case scenario, Red Sox. David Price pitches well. Red Sox win the World Series. David Price is fed up with all the bullshit he takes in Boston. And he opts out and they get out of that contract. That could happen. That's a great- that's a great scenario right there. I'll take that any day. And I, I, I predicted that that uh, that scenario. And, man, I hope it comes I hope true. It comes true. I hope it comes true. Um, yeah, because it, boy, that's a rough one. Uh, did we answer yeah. Fluff's question? I think we answered Fluff's question in that. I, I, think yeah. he goes, I think he goes West Coast anywhere else. He's not going to stay in the East Coast and take that abuse, is he? It'd be great if they, if if he was fed up with them, and he he has been. I mean, you know, playing for Boston, New York, everyone gives yeah. you crap when you don't perform, especially at thirty and thirty-one million. Yeah, he won a couple games in the World Series, but can you really trust him going into next season? Right. No. Right, so we need the Angels, the Dodgers, the Mariners, or Arizona Diamondbacks to step up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not holding my breath. Unfortunately, no, no. All right, let's let's look at another one. Kevin from Minneapolis. The amazing role players of the Sox won the series. Could have gave the MVP to the whole group. Best role player of all time, in your opinion. Who's the best role player of all time? I have. I'm putting you on the spot, so I'll tell you my favorite role player of all time. Atlanta Braves, Mark Lemke. That guy always got big hits. Yeah. Maybe because he was a midget and he kind of looked like us. You kind of root for him. Guy. <laughs> yeah, but think about the role players the Red Sox had that stepped up in the World Series. Pierce, who was an MVP, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., Vasquez played great. Um, even uh, Sandy Leon played pretty good. Devers was awesome. He he would have been a, in the running for MVP, I think. Moreland had a big homer. Ivaldi was awesome. Holt, uh, not Ian Kinsler. Not Ian Kinsler. No. no. 
No, but other than that, everybody stepped up. Everybody, you're right. Everybody that um, did not carry the team in the regular season, like I mean, Benintendi had a great first game. You know, he had four. He went four from five. But other than that, he really didn't make too much noise. Um, that, yeah, he had that late homer. Yeah. JD had a big homer in the first series, but he was kind of quiet for a while. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you, those guys that you picked right there, I mean, Devers, being as young as he is, being 22 years old, you know, he, he played great. And you know, and even Joe Buck was talking about it, Bogart, Bogart Bogarts didn't play terrible. You yeah. know, he, he played pretty good. Yep. And he, he's a quiet guy that, you know. Yep. They had a lot of role players step up at the right time in – and, you know, it, it worked. It really worked this year. Yeah. It also helps that they have the money to get decent role players. And they, they spend right. money, so the, their role players are pretty good. Um, pieces of the puzzle. What's that? Pieces of the puzzle. Everybody was killing yeah. Nebrowski at the beginning of the year, you know, because he didn't sign anybody. Look how yeah. late Martinez was signed. Yeah. Was oh, and then all throughout the, you know, the trade deadline and in you know, throughout the season, nothing was going on. Nothing was going. On. Then you pick up Pierce and Kingsler, and those are just fill-in players. Yeah. You know, because more hurt, and Pedroia was hurt, and then look what they do—they step up. I mean, how old is Mitch Moreland? Pierce is thirty-five years old. He's a journeyman. Yeah. 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 Moreland's Moreland's no spring chicken. I don't think. He, at least he doesn't look like one. No, he's not. There's no way. He is thirty-three years old. There you go. Yeah, he's you got him for six point five million next year. By the way, it's not bad. Perfect. It's not oh, bad. Perfect. Yep. Hey, my my only thing with Kinsler and even Eduardo Nunez, who had a big homer, they look like me and you playing slow pitch softball on defense. I mean, Kinsler when he fielded that ground ball in the thirteenth inning, where we had to stay up for an extra two hours, it seemed like after he threw the ball away. I'm yelling at the TV, "Don't throw it! Don't throw it!" it like he had no legs underneath him. None. No, he had no. He had no no angle, no position, no. And it wasn't he, like a tough ground ball for a major leaguer. Maybe for me or you, but he's a, he's a free agent. He ain't coming back. No, no. That leads me to our next question, AK. I, I'm I don't think this is really from Bill from Foxborough. This doesn't. I'm not buying this one. No days off for the Sox. Which free agents do they keep, and who do they say goodbye to? I'm pretty sure that's a fake name on that email. <laughs> um, the only one I keep is Eovaldi. My my brother in law Ed called me today because when they picked up Eovaldi in the summer, I kept telling him, "This is the greatest pickup in the world." I think probably told you this. This guy was awesome for the Marlins. This guy's awesome for for the Yankees. He just gets hurt all the time. He's already been hurt for the Rays. His hurting is, is away. This guy is lights out electric stuff. And he called me up after the World Series and he goes, "You are a million times right. That guy Eovaldi is nasty." He just gets hurt. He just gets hurt. Like you have to sign him as a free agent. That's the only guy I would sign. You got to take your chance and sign him. Absolutely, I have no problem with just signing him. And just know he's not going to play for two months. And you just hope it's in May and June, like it was this year, because he is freaking electric. And I think I think he was making two million this year. 
And the Yankees didn't want him. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's a good pitcher. I know he's always hurt, but the Red Sox have enough depth. Stephen Wright and all these other other guys. I mean, they had guys that weren't even on the roster to win seven or nine games as starters for him. Right. So, free agent wise, I I don't I don't think I I want. Do you take Joe Kelly? I mean, he was awful for I don't know seventy five percent of the season. He was good in April and good in he's good at the bookends. He's good in October and good in April. Kimbrel and Kelly are free agents. What do you do? 2018, Kimbrel got paid $13 million. Do you pay him another $13 million? He's going to want more than that. You didn't pay Papelbon that much. That's a lot of money. Joe Kelly made three point eight. Do you sign Joe Kelly and hope he becomes your closer? That's what I was saying. That's what, I've been, that's what I was telling people. Or, and if he doesn't work out, you got Barnes to be your closer, right? Yeah, you got Barnes. Yep. Yivaldi made two million. Brandon Phillips, no. Thanks for thanks for hanging around, Brandon Phillips. You're <laughs> you had a big home run in one game in the regular season. Steven Pierce, he, he better sign for low money. I don't want Mike Lowell again. Remember Mike Lowell? Right. He won it, won the MVP, and then like we signed him like because we felt good because he won MVP. No, if you're going to sign Pierce, like you said, it's going to be low money, and he's going to be a spot-in guy, maybe a DH to give Martinez a break. Moreland, you know, if Moreland needs a break, but he ain't going to be your everyday starter making $15, 20000000 million, $10 million. You're going to give him $5 million if that. He's got enough money. He, he's got to, you know what, shut your hole and know your role. The, the, uh, the Red Sox have some young kids uh, that they can, they can hit pretty decently. And play that position. So I'm not sure if they sign him. Uh, Drew Pomeranz on the roster never got in the World Series, <laughs> even in the even in the game where it went uh, for seven hours. <laughs> do, do you you can't resign him, right? Uh, well, you got to look who's going to be your starters next year. You know, if, if he takes over, Price doesn't. You know, right. if Price opts out. Price joins on, then yeah, there's no reason to bring Pomerantz back if you sign Avaldi. And not only that, but even if you if Avaldi gets hurt, you still got Stephen Wright. You got um, oh, who's the guy? Oh, geez, what's his name? Hector Velasquez, who pitched pretty well for him this year. You got Rodriguez. You got Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, I think he got enough pitching to get through. Hey, do you know how much sure. the Red Sox are paying uh, Pablo Sandoval next year? Eighteen million. Yeah, they still gotta pay him eighteen million dollars. Fucking retarded. (laughs) But we didn't want to sign. We didn't want to sign John Lester. We were going to sign uh, Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez with that money instead. That made a lot of sense. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining. Because hey, another another guy, another role player. You talk about role players, Ryan Brazier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just thought I had. Yep. All right. Last question. Alex Cora. I can't think of much they did wrong during any of the playoffs. I'm usually tough on managers. Maybe he left Erod in one batter too long. That's the only time I was like going. Boy, and you could see him in the dugout hesitating to take him out. 
But at least he had somebody ready to take him out. How about uh, Dave Roberts? Kershaw's getting lit up like a Christmas tree, and they had nobody ready in the bullpen. Um, Jonas texted us, I think, in the group text, or maybe it was just me and my uncle, and he said that um, Roberts will out-coach Cora in the World Series. And I think that lasted like two games. And he says, I take that back. <laughs> dude, dude had the yeah. minus touch. Everything Alex Cora did worked. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, and I saw a lot of times Alex Cora's uh, bench coach sit next to him, the old guy in the white hair. Yep. You, you can see him every now and then when the camera go, go over to him. You can kind of like see Cora asking him, you know, what do we do? Should we take him out? Should we leave him? You know, what do we do? Yeah, I think he had some great bench coach help. Yep. But I think I think Alex Cora pulled all the right strings. Yeah. All the right Even when he emptied the bench, you know, in that 18-inning game. Yeah, he learned about it. You know, we, even, I mean, I can tell you if we lost the World Series, there was no reason, you know, that Alex Cora made a mistake. No, absolutely not. Best Red Sox team of all time? I, I, I'm going to say no. I I, I I think they're better than the 04 team. Yeah. But the 04 team. I think, I think the 07 team. You know, it depends how you look at it. Is it the best team of all time in one year? Yeah, but they have a lot of. A lot of guys coming in and stepping up. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It just seems like other teams were just more homegrown, more farm system, yeah. you know, that brought it along. I mean, I don't know. Best team of all time. What was it with the Yankees? 125 games that one year? Uh, the Mariners won 116. 116, yeah. Yeah. But they didn't win the series that year, right? Yeah, the stupid Yankees beat them. Yeah. Alfonso Soriano with a big three-run homer. I mean, they definitely Red Sox definitely dominated this year. They, yeah. I mean, from from the seven, seventeen and two spring training all the way through the regular season, coasting the last two months. You know what happens when everybody coasts? You always you always wonder if they can put the pedal back down, and and mm-hmm. they did. You know, they they would they go four, eight, twelve, and three in the in the uh, playoffs. And then, not only that, they beat the Yankees. A hundred one team was pretty good. The Houston Astros might have been the second best team, and they just took care of them. And then they beat the best team in the National League. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, go against somebody's argument saying if they were. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk some football in a moment. Let, let, let's uh, first go. Don't forget JeffreyBlander.com. Go there, get all your free NFL, college football picks. Also have. NBA picks because baseball season's over. NBA picks will be there also. You get those for free when you go there. Click on that Amazon banner ad. Buy yourself something nice at no additional cost to you. And a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show. AK-47, NFL Thursday night. A battle in the Bay. The Raiders getting three points at the 49ers. What are your thoughts on that one? I mean, at first you want to take, I'd like to take Oakland. Is it three or three and a half? Uh, last I checked it was three, but it might have changed. I can look it up as you talk. Um, I, I think we would, you'd have to go 49ers. I think the 49ers are. Even giving points? 
you're gonna, what are you going to take Oakland on the road? But it's not really a road game. It's still in the Bay. It's not like they have to travel far, right? No, that is true. That is true. It's only three points for what I have right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like San Francisco. I, I don't know. The 49ers burned me last week with that choke job in the fourth quarter against Arizona Cardinals. It cost me my trick-or-treat pick. Oh, uh, yeah, I lost my trick-or-treat pick. And for those of you who don't know, they've they've heard about our Jamie's pool. And we, we had to pick, was it Arizona, St. Louis, and then Rams, Packers. You get both right, you can basically bet points up to 10. But if you lose one of the games, you lose that amount of points. And I, I thought I had it. I had the pack. That looked good. 49ers had a good lead going into fourth quarter, and then they just puked on their shoes. So maybe it's yeah, just... I had, uh, I had both those. I lost 10 points. I got one point total for the week. I'm 49 points behind first place. Oh, my gosh. The Raiders are the way team. They don't have to travel. Derek Carr seems like he played better last week. The Raiders' defense is so bad, though, right? Shanahan's a good coach. This could be this could be a high scoring game. These are two pretty bad defenses, right? Yeah. Man, I, I'm going to go with the 49ers. I wasn't. You know what? No, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the points. I think the 49ers are playing for. No, nah, they're both playing for a draft pick. Who knows? This is a this is a tough one. <laughs> I'm going to take the teams that's getting points. Three points. It's probably a one-point game, two-point game. I'm taking the Raiders. <laughs> what are you going for a uh, a score? Oh, geez. I wonder what the over... The over is 46 and a half. I think both, these, I think both these teams score in the 30s. These defenses are bad for both teams. I'm going 38-33. Yeah, so we're in the same boat. I'm thinking it's like 35... 34, like 36, 34, something like that. It's going to be a funky, weird game. Somebody's going to miss an extra point. That's why I'm not a cover. <laughs> the um, San Francisco is 2-11 and 11 against the spread in weeks 5 through 9 over the last three seasons. Yeah, but uh, no Jimmy Garoppolo either. I think Bethard's not half bad, though, because Shanahan's going to put him in a good spot. I'm trying to look right now to see what the uh, what they each give up. I think, they, I mean, this is a big game because Raiders and 49ers both win one win. Let's say the Raiders win this one. This means next week, 49ers play the Giants on a Monday night in the toilet bowl. The winner gets the number one draft pick in the NFL draft. Uh, the loser does, I should say, which is really you win if you lose. That's really confusing what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco has scored 173 points. Oakland scored 138. Oakland's given up 218. San Francisco's given up 236. I think the Raiders play in a tougher division, though. I think the Raiders have played a tougher schedule so far this year. I still like I still like the Niners. All right, we'll we'll agree to disagree on that, but I think we're both taking the over. Yes, over is over. I like. Both overs. All right. It's in the book. All right, AK. Anything else to add to the podcast? Uh, the only thing is, is, is 
your, your Giants are looking to um, solidify that number one spot along with the Raiders and the Niners. And my Cowboys are just, again, dangling everybody out on a, on a uh, carrot on a string in front in front of the rabbit. You know. Yep. It's it's just another dismal football season. Well, at least well, I wanted to see the the rookie quarterback play a little bit, but. Do you see he just got arrested for almost running over a cop in a uh, construction area because he wouldn't turn to the left when he was supposed to go left? <laughs> so I'm going to be faced with seeing Eli Manning probably the rest of the season. Uh, oh, good alley. The only good thing about that is <laughs> it'll give us the number one draft pick. <laughs> you just hope he doesn't get hurt. I, I just, I just don't want them to draft a quarterback. I want Teddy Bridgewater. He played for Shermer. He's a cold weather guy. He played in Minnesota. Played at Louisville. Like I, I understand why the Giants didn't take one of these quarterbacks. Darnold looked like Frosty the Snowman in the last Jets game. He's a California kid. Rosen's a California kid. Uh, do you like Baker Mayfield's a small dude? Do you think he's on last? You, you got to be a big boy, like like uh, uh, strong. He's, he's six foot tall. He's not going to last in that cold weather out in in. Uh, New York, and Josh Allen, he's a meathead. So I'm glad they took Saquon. Who do you you have your eyes on coming out of college? The guy I like they'll never take. Again, it's a small guy. Uh, It's McKenzie Milton, and he's out of UCF. He's only 5'11", which totally goes against everything I just said. I I realize that. But Bill Parcells said for for you to draft a quarterback – he must be a senior. Mackenzie Milton's only a junior, so maybe he stays one more year. Because you want time for maturity, develop, be, become a good professional quarterback. So he doesn't pass that test. He must be a graduate because you want somebody who takes responsibility seriously. So he hasn't graduated yet, so that's two strikes. He must be a three-year starter because you need to make sure his success wasn't like a, a one-and-done guy. He has some length to his career. He's a three-year starter, so that's going for him. Must have at least 23 wins. He's got 24 wins as a three-year starter already. And so his passing numbers have come in the context of winning. So he's checked two boxes on Bill Parcells' take-a-quarterback box. So but I don't think the Giants will take him. But I think he is Russell Wilson. I, think he, I don't think he's Drew Brees because he moves a little bit better than Drew Brees. But he's a Russell Wilson type. And I would take Russell Wilson in a heartbeat. So. They trade for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Well, he's a free agent at the end of the year. They should have traded for him. It only cost you a third-round pick. But the Jets and Giants would never make a trade together. So that's why they didn't do it. Gotcha, gotcha. And that and the Giants don't have a third-round pick next year. So that could be why. (laughs) 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 All right, AK, good talking to you. Thanks Thanks for giving me the opportunity, Jeff. All right, and we'll have you back on the pod again. We'll talk a little college basketball. I'll start. Uh, I'll start doing some research. All right, starts in about two weeks. Oh, that's right. It's right around the corner. Great. Yes, it is. All right, okay. We'll catch you later. All right, pal. Get a good night. Yep. You too. Later. Before we get to the college football picks of the podcast, don't forget my bookie AG. Use the promo code Darth at checkout. You get a hundred percent sign up bonus, but only if you do it. Before November 1st. Uh, after that, the, you don't get the 100% sign-up bonus. You don't get to double your money. You only get 50% of your money, I believe. So 
If you don't do that, double up your money, free play money. You got to do it before Halloween's over or you turn into a pumpkin or is that, that might be Cinderella or something like that. But use the promo code Darth at checkout, get a 100% sign up bonus and uh, use Darth, D-A-R-T-H. Let's get to the picks. 12 noon on Saturday, Syracuse, minus four at Wake Forest. Close loss to Clemson on the road. An overtime loss to Pitt on the road. Um, those are only two blemishes for Syracuse. Uh, last year, they lost to Wake Forest 64-43 at home. Oh my goodness. 107 points in one game. Uh, these are two of the worst defenses in the ACC. They still are. Uh, last year proved it. They might prove it again this year. Uh, Cuse has a better QB. Uh, Wake Forest has a major advantage on the offensive line. They just pounded Louisville 56-35. They didn't even score in the fourth quarter. They packed it in. They rushed for they rushed for 368 yards last week. I think they can control the clock. They can keep Eric Dungy off off the field. They're a home dog. I'm taking Wake Forest getting four points in this one at at home. That's my first one. Um, second one, 3:30. Got a bunch of 3:30. Four, three forty-five, four o'clock games for you. This one, Georgia minus nine and a half at Kentucky. Kentucky is a charm team. Just one loss. It's on the road at A and M in overtime. They win this one. If Kentucky can somehow beat Georgia, they'll be in control of the SEC East. And then if they upset Bama in the SEC championship game, they'll be in the Final Four. The Bulldogs have won eight straight against Kentucky. Last time they played at Kentucky, it was a, a seesaw battle, a three-point game. When Georgia struggles, it's usually because their QB has not played well. Uh, I mean, not Georgia, uh, Kentucky, if they struggle. Terry Wilson having his best season so far. Um, they're going to need Benny, Sh- Benny Snell to come up big against Georgia. Georgia's defense is pretty good. I'm taking the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, the Georgia Bulldogs by double digits. West Virginia, getting three points at Texas. I like Texas in this one. Texas, bad loss last week. Do they play play angry or do they pack it in? I think they probably play angry. I think they play hard. This is still a building year for them. They don't. I don't think they. I mean, I think they were happy they were in the running to to challenge for that Final Four spot, even though they really weren't. Um, I think they have a chance to play in one of the bigger bowl games late in college bowl game season. I think Greer has just a slight edge over Ellinger. Ellinger has played pretty well for Texas. Texas has a huge advantage on the front seven on defense. I think the offensive line battle is a wash. I'm taking Texas giving three points to West Virginia in the home in the home team. Oh, this next one's tough. Virginia Tech, BC. BC's at Virginia Tech. BC is favored by two on the road. The Virginia Tech defense is going to have to slow down um, Dylan uh, at running back, make Anthony Brown beat them, their quarterback for BC. Virginia Tech hasn't been the same since the Notre Dame game. They barely got you by UNC. They were run all over by Georgia Tech last week. This is a tough stretch for the Eagles, however. They're at Virginia Tech. Then they get Clemson at home. Then they're at FSU. Despite scoring only 20 points in the last three years uh, versus the Hokies and BC being a road favorite, I'm taking Boston College. I trust their offensive line. 
I trust that running back. And there's something about Notre Dame, what they do to teams after they play them, it's like they steal their soul after they beat you. The only team that hasn't had their soul stolen from Notre Dame after a loss has been Michigan. And that goes to our next game, 345, Penn State plus 10 at Michigan. Uh, Third-ranked team in a row for Michigan. Tough stretch. This is a big one. This is the only big one left until that November 24th showdown with Ohio State. Michigan could be your fourth Final Four team. UCF, the, 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 they will be rooting heavily for Penn State in this one. I don't trust that Penn State defense. They, they have serious holes. They always seem to, to screw it up at the end. But if they're screwing it up at the end and they're getting 10 points, that means they're going to cover. And I really like their quarterback, McSorley. I think he keeps them in the game. I'm taking the 10 points with Penn State on the road in this one. Haven't had a best yet for best bet yet for you. Still, still don't have one. Four o'clock, Utah, minus seven at Arizona State. Not like a big time game. The, the Utes have moved up uh, in recent weeks in the polls. Uh, but su- since losing back to back weeks to, to the Washington schools, the, the Utah Utes have put up 40. 42, 41, and 41 points. Arizona State, however, is always tough at home. And this is a home game for Arizona State. They even won on the road last week against USC, 38-35. So they win a road game, which is not a common occurrence against a good team, especially. And now they're home, and they're getting seven points? Give me Arizona State in that one. Arizona State, I like them. I think they're great at home. Take Arizona State. Not a best bet, though, however. (laughs) Finally, a best bet for you. Here you go. Four o'clock. Missouri getting six points at Florida. Florida will be playing angry after a home loss last week. The last two years, the Gators have scored 40 or more points against the Tigers. The Florida offense is not their strength, but they've put up points this year against middle-of-the-road teams and bad teams. Missouri definitely fits. The category of middle of the road. They will need a huge game from Drew Locke to even cover in this one. I don't think they do. I got the Gators. Best bet. Only giving up six points at home. This has been one of my favorite teams all year. I said it last week. I hope you bet on Northwestern. They they had the upset last week. Notre Dame is giving Northwestern eight at home. This is the third of four away games this year for Notre Dame. They're only on the road for four games. I know Northwestern is sneaky sneaky tough, especially that front seven. I've been talking about it all year. It'll be an emotional letdown game after that Wisconsin win. I think they'll be looking ahead to next week, the November 10th game against number 19, Iowa. They beat Iowa. They win the West, and they will be in the Big Ten Championship game. Ian, Ian Book has been great for Notre Dame at QB. Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame. Those are going to be three of your final four teams. Everyone else is fighting for that last spot. I think Northwestern, once they get down a little bit, they punt on this game and start looking ahead to Iowa so they can get in that Big Ten championship game. I'm taking Notre Dame as a best bet to win by double digits at Northwestern. Eight o'clock game. I know the LSU people are going to be all over me again. Alabama, minus 14 at LSU. The lowest margin of victory this year for Bama is 22 at home, and that was versus A&M. 
Only ranked team they've played all year also. I just can't pick against Bama. They have a good defense, huge advantage at quarterback, big advantage on the offensive and defensive lines. I mean, it's checking all the boxes right now of everything I look for in a team to win and win big. The the, the LSU Tigers do have a good secondary. That's not going to be enough against Alabama. I'm taking Alabama on the road at LSU giving 14 points. Not the best bet. (laughs) That's too many points to give on the road, but I really do like Bama in that one. My last best bet for you, 9 o'clock game, Stanford, plus 9.5 at Washington. This spread seems way too large. Stanford's lost three of their last four games. I understand. But that losing streak started with the Notre Dame loss. Again, Notre Dame rips out the souls of teams. Like the Virginia Tech scenario, it appears like Notre Dame, after they beat you, um, they rip out your soul. That's all I can say. They rip out your soul. they got to find it back. I think this is a pretty even matchup. Offensive, defensive line, quarterback play. uh, Definitely advantage running back-wise for Stanford. I'm taking those 9.5 points. I'm taking Stanford. Best bet, 9 o'clock. If any of them don't work, I'm going to recover my money in that Stanford game. So there's the college football picks. Week 10, college football already. Before we get to NBA, I do got some NBA picks for you. I'll be brief with it. It's been a long podcast. I understand. We had to talk baseball with AK. Don't forget my my books, the L.E. Armini series, Cold Blood Red, Fourth and Dead, Squeeze Play. Get them directly from the publisher, thewordverve.com, or if you're Amazon Prime or Kindle Select user, you can download it to your favorite electronic reading device for absolutely free. So here we go. NBA pre NBA games. National TV, ESPN, Wednesday night, Halloween night. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you're not trick-or-treating. Or maybe you're handing out the, the snacks. That's that's maybe why these games aren't so good. <laughs> Pacers at the Knicks. I'm taking the Pacers. How can you trust the Knicks? You can't trust the Knicks. Uh, Knicks are at home. Pacers are a very good team. Well coached. Uh, you take the Pacers in that one. Uh I'll try to get you some spreads, but I, there might be some spreads out for, for the Wednesday nights. But I know these Thursday and Friday nights, there won't be a spread. The late, the late game, uh, the Spurs are at the Suns. And there's one thing I know about the Suns is they do not play any defense. I've been trying to ride the over in every game that they play because they don't play any defense. There's no line out on it yet, unfortunately. Um, but it could be 200 points. 250 points. Who the hell knows? It's probably 300 points. Take the over in this one. The Suns just don't play defense. And it doesn't look like they're going anytime soon. So just keep riding that horse until it bucks you. Thursday, November 1st. The Bucks. Not the horse that bucks you, but TNT. Bucks at Celtics. Celtics, Bucks. A little early run versus top teams in the East. Uh, for uh, the Bucks, They played Toronto just two days earlier. I'm taking the Celtics because I'm a homer. And I don't think the Bucks are that good. I don't believe in their... Outside Giannis, I don't really believe in many of their players. Maybe Chris Middleton a little bit. I the Celtics are just deeper. Celtics are home. Uh, spread won't be that bad. I'm taking the Celtics. And maybe the Celtics were looking ahead tonight. I'm recording this on a, on a Tuesday night. They, they kind of looked ahead of this Detroit team and really snuck through with one in that game. I'm taking the Celtics. Uh, the late game on TNT on Thursday, Pelicans at Blazers. 
This is the second game of a back-to-back on the road uh, for the Pelicans. Uh, the first game for the Pelicans was against the Warriors. That's not a good combination. I'm taking the Blazers. You, you, two tough games back-to-back on the road in the West. You take the Blazers in that one just because it's a scheduling one. Friday, November 2nd, ESPN Games. Thunder at the Wizards. Another scheduling. A lot of these national TV games, you got to realize – a lot of them are back-to-back games for teams because it's off nights. Um, it's the second game of back-to-back roadies for the Thunder. But I think the Wizards might be more dysfunctional. So I am not going to take the Thunder. Uh, I, I'm not going to take uh, – I'm, I'm sorry. I'm taking the Thunder as back-to-back road games for them because the Wizards are just weirdos. And maybe it's the the, the center there. Um but it's John Wall, Bradley Beal, and now you had Dwight Howard. Just a dysfunctional group. I'm going to take the Thunder. They'll probably be a, a kind of even spread. Uh, take the Thunder in that one. T-Wolves at Warriors is the late game. Speaking of dysfunction, oh, my God. Take the Warriors. I mean, they, they almost had 100 points through three quarters the other night. Uh, Clay Thompson hits 14 threes. Just insane. Uh, take the Warriors in that one. Doesn't matter what the spread is. The Warriors are home. T Wolves are a mess. Um, go with that one. So there you have it. Podcast number two eighty one, the Art Monk episode. Thank you for listening. I had a little baseball talk in the beginning before we got to college football. Uh, gave you the NFL Thursday night awesome battle of the Bay. Uh, so there you have it. Everybody have a great hump day, and we'll talk to you again on either Thursday or Friday with our NFL picks. <laughs>